This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Reception Perception, the show. Now, James Cole and Matt Harmon. Let's talk about some of these injuries uh, that have befallen the wide receiver position. This one's not really an injury, uh, but a surprise announcement here from Corey Davis. Uh, he retired uh, today as we sit here and record on a Wednesday afternoon. That one caught me a little bit off guard. Um but, you know, kind of give the folks out there your idea, like a like a retrospective of what Corey Davis was as a player. Yeah, it was crazy. You know, I was just recording the Yahoo podcast a few hours ago and was talking about how, you know, Robert Sala had said Corey Davis is not a sure bet for week one. Uh, so mm. like, you know, because he'd been absent for a personal reason, uh, you know, so get get ready for more Randall Cobb in your lives because that's that's oh, what's going to happen. Most likely he's he's been playing ahead of McCole Hardman. Um, I remain kind of like I, I think we've been saying I will we'll, we'll get back to the current Jets in a little but it was crazy. You know, I was saying all that and then in the middle of the show, he literally retires. Uh, so mm. I wasn't expecting that, but I'm guessing that was the you know, the personal thing here was juggling whether he wanted to continue his playing career. You know, Corey Davis has uh, dealt with injuries throughout the course of his career. That's been a consistent theme. And I guess, you know, you get to a point, we talked about this with Andrew Luck, right? He got to a point where he just didn't want to, he just didn't love the game anymore because of what it took away from him from a rehab and a time and a, you know, a mental, like the mental load of rehab. And I don't know why Corey Davis is retiring, but you always have to wonder that with these guys who, you know, Corey Davis is not an old man. He was just drafted no. in 2000. Uh, it was 2017. 17. Yeah. Yeah. And he's and only uh, he's going into his age 28 season, man. No, he's a, he's still a young man. Right. And, and, you know, like Mike Williams was in that draft. He's kind of going in strong. John Ross, the other guy that was drafted in the wow. top 10, he, he retired. Right. Uh, he wow. retired this year. So, you know, in that that draft class, actually, like great. It's funny. Those top 10 guys. You know, Mike Williams had a good career. Corey Davis had moments, but I think you know he never had a thousand yard season. His his nope. best year was his final year in Tennessee with Arthur Smith's offense, where he had ninety two targets and nine hundred eighty four yards. That was his best season of his career, five touchdowns before he hits free agency. I would say that all those guys probably maybe haven't lived up. They were kind of before their time to a point where you remember after that people were like, "Is receiver going to be a devalued position?" And then we've seen how the receiver position has really come back <laughs> roaring the last right. few draft classes. Right. But the guys in that class, you know, Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin, uh, those guys were all Juju Smith-Schuster. Even had, has had a really good career, and he was like a day two draft pick. So there were some good receivers to come out that year. That top ten was just a little bit disappointing. But you know, Corey Davis, I think. Never quite hit the ceiling um, that I think many hoped for. Obviously, he was the fifth overall no. pick, right. but he was a good like he was a good pro and kind of like a dirty work guy. You know, you never think of these guys who are drafted top five are going to become the dirty work guys, but mm-hmm. really good blocker. Um, I think a guy that the Jets probably could have needed around this year because I remain sort of like 
a little spooked by their receiver depth beyond Garrett Wilson. You know, I think Same. Lazard is better as a three, but he's going to be the two. You know, we talked about Randall Cobb just a second ago. He probably is their best slot receiver at this point. You know, McCole Hardman is, is like a kind of more of a gadget guy. So they need to, number one, they need to be a run-heavy team. They need Brees Hall to like play really well in the pass game, and they definitely need Garrett Wilson to, what I think he will do, but they need him to emerge as that true superstar. I, I'm I'm almost... It's like I'm sick of this now, you know, for for Aaron Rodgers. I really am. You know, like he gets traded to the Jets. I'm really excited because, okay, they've got Corey Davis in the fold. But they at the time, I mean, they were still, you know, holding on to Elijah Moore. Right. So Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, you bring in Lazard. Oh, my gosh, this this receiver room's looking pretty spicy. And then yeah. they trade away Elijah Moore. Okay. he's And then Corey Davis retires. Okay, and now we've got. Garrett Wilson, who's going to walk into 170 targets now, right? And it's just, as you mentioned, just so thin. And I'm just, I'm just so sick of this for Aaron Rodgers. It's like, how many years can this man go with just playing with just one guy? You know, for yeah. all those years, it was Devonte Adams, right? And so now it's it's Garrett Wilson. By the way, I, I mean, we all love Garrett Wilson. We're expecting the world of Garrett Wilson, but you know, still relatively unproven commodity. Still certainly coming into his own. Uh, as a player, he, it's not like he's a, a a just a fully developed player at this point, right? Which is great for him. Uh, we see the trajectory; and it's it's sky high. Uh, but again, he's still you know he's still growing as a player. So I just, how many more years of this can we really take with Aaron Rodgers? And it's just like for me, I'm just I'm just so tired of it. And we know exactly what's going to happen with the New York Jets. Right, they're rolling out old man Randall Cobb as their starting slot receiver. I mean, they brought in Malik Taylor from Green Bay for absolutely no reason. Uh, and it's just a bunch of no names after Lazard and McCole Hardman. So this is an extreme. It went from uh, just a, a really enticing, spicy group of wide receivers to now just being incredibly thin with a huge question mark uh, in terms of depth. Now, I think the argument on the Jets' side of it, and obviously this isn't what they wanted to happen. The Elijah Moore thing, they have to make that move to get Aaron Rodgers. They don't get mm. that trade done without they, – they use one of those picks to send back to Green Bay. So, um, I obviously, that had to happen. That was probably always going to happen. I think just team and player needed to get away from each other. They don't want Corey Davis to retire. Corey Davis does retire. Um, right. So, But I would say that from a Jets' perspective – this is almost the exact same receiver core that Aaron Rodgers won two MVPs with, right? Back-to-back -back MVPs. Like, you know, of course, one of them involved – or they both involved Devontae Adams. That's right. the key to this is they are hoping that Garrett Wilson can become like a even a light version of Devontae Adams, which if he's a light version of Devontae Adams, he's a top 10 receiver in the NFL. <laughs> and and yeah. I think that's what we're expecting and hoping for here. And he certainly has – um he certainly has that potential based on his reception perception profile. Like we've talked about that before his success rate versus press is among the best that ever charted by a rookie. He's in a really good group of rookies that have done this. So he, right. he has that potential, but he has to have that has to happen for this all to work out. And then otherwise I think they want to run the ball really well. 
Uh, mm-hmm. They want to play really good defense, which I think they can do both things. A lot of this also hinges on the offensive line, too. There's been movement on that line. Like Aaron Rodgers has said he wants the same starting five out there. Uh, yeah. They're going to start Makai Becton, which, like, <laughs> hopefully that works out because they need him to be good. Dwayne Brown, Henrico, Virginia's finest. Uh, Dwayne Brown is opt- activated off the PUP. So yeah. um, that's another big question. Like, there are two big question marks on this roster. It's the receiver depth beyond Garrett Wilson. And it's, I mean, again, Lazard's a fine player. I, I don't want to say like that's bad, but he's a fine player. And then obviously they, they need the offensive line to be, to be much better than it's been so far through the summer. I really, well, first of all, like him, you know, secretly tagging, you know, uh, <laughs> his former Green Bay teammates, uh, Bakhtiari uh, in, in secret, ta- you know, in That's secret right. little Instagram posts and stuff like that, all that stuff. It, it, it was to the point where Green Bay's GM had to address the fact that they're not moving Bakhtiari. You know, it's like, all right, got it. Um, but again, you talk about some of the O-line movement, some of the O-line continuity. Can they be there? I think from a talent standpoint, they they have the ingredients on the O-line to be good, uh, but they've got to stay healthy and obviously find a little chemistry and some, uh, some continuity there. But, Matt, I want to go back to the wide receivers because, look, I- I'm not – I don't think anyone was in love with Corey Davis, but it's certainly fair to say he had traits to be an extra starting X receiver in mm-hmm. this league, right? When you take him off this roster, I I look at this wide receiver depth. There's no one other than Garrett Wilson who could play the X. And I think that's a little bit scary because you would preferably, I mean, even Devonte Adams at his peak, moved around a little bit. It's not like they just stuck him on the outside and said, yep, hey, go play outside. True. They moved him around, right? So they want to if they want to move around Garrett Wilson, who's playing out? Who is playing the X receiver spot for this team? It's not going to be McCole Hardman. Maybe no. it's Alan Lazard. I, but man, all of a yeah. sudden, that's looking real bad. Right. It, it'll have to be Lazard. It'll it'll have to be just from a size standpoint. Yeah, you're you're wasting snaps if you throw McCole Hardman out at X receiver. You're Definitely, definitely not throwing out the uh, 2023 version of Randall Cobb out at X receiver. <laughs> so yeah, it's not it's not great. Uh, no, but it's, Lazard, you know, it, it's la- beyond not great, Matt. It is bad. I mean, the, it's, it's bad, so yeah. thin. It's so thin. And as a matter of fact, the versatility for, for with, with which Corey Davis gave that roster is now just gone as well. And that's where I'm like, yeah. oh boy, this could get scary. Yeah, the X receiver part is is massive, and and even last year without Devontae Adams, obviously in Green Bay, you know, Alan Lazard takes thirty five point three percent of his snaps in the slot. You know, I've said previously, like five percent of his snaps in the backfield, pre snap motion was on mm-hmm. the line for forty two percent. So they did play him at all three receiver positions, and yeah, you're not gonna want Alan Lazard to go out there and run X receiver routes, but he can at least play the position from a size standpoint and like win contested. He's not going to get separation, but he can win contested catches and he has good hands. Uh, And obviously we know as a, as a set in the edge blocker, um, even their tight end room is like Tyler Conklin's fine. CJ Uzama's there, you know, Jeremy Rucker, the guy they took in the third round last year. It's, it's definitely, I really think Brees Hall is going to have to, not only is Garrett Wilson going to have to like have that year. I think Brees Hall is going to have to be, ready to be, you know, you look at some of his receiving work from last year, it's very right. similar to like prime David Johnson, uh, you know, from an air yards per target standpoint. Oh, yeah. He was getting like real downfield receiving work. They need that dude to be healthy and and ready that's to scary. rock here because, because yeah, that's, and, and he's obviously coming off a serious injury. 
That, that that's just so it's so scary. I, I don't know how often they're going to run two two running backs out there uh, with Dalvin Cook, but I'm I'm assuming they if did you it a lot. Get your, they did it a lot last year with Brees mm-hmm. Hall and Michael Carter before his injury. So they have I mean, a different offensive coordinator, but still right. I, I mean, they're going to have to. And if you believe in the philosophy of just get your best guys out there. Well, certainly Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook are some of your best guys, right? So you got to run them out there. How you integrate that with Aaron Rodgers in this very thin wide receiver room that's all of a sudden just been decimated. Uh, I, I mean, again, you know, again, Denzel Mims too, by the way. Denzel Mims, not yeah. a great player by any stretch of the imagination, but they traded him away. Imagine yep. if Corey Davis retired. Now that opens the door for a former second round draft pick, a great athlete, by the way, in Denzel Mims, to maybe walk into this role and maybe, again, not be a huge statistical contributor, but just somebody that they can go to every now and again, situational type X receiver. I, I'm just, I'm blown away by what has happened in the wide receiver room in New York. They had a potential strength there and then they just absolutely gutted it, brought in Aaron Rodgers, said, okay, now make it work. It, well, it just, uh, to me, it just doesn't Mims, make sense. The, the Lions waved him. I mean, they waved. That's true. He's, him he's available. He, he's available. He, I, I, I think he like if he, if he doesn't get picked up, he just reverts back to their IR. I think that's yeah. how that worked. But so he's because he's banged up. But hey, I guess you go, you go maybe maybe get him back. Maybe get Denzel Mims back. By the way, yeah, they need to figure these issues out in a hurry too because they're scheduled to start the year before their Week Seven bye. Like their defense better be as good as they think it's going to be because they play Buffalo in Week One, oh, Dallas boy. in Week Two. New oh England in week three, great defense. <laughs> you know, maybe they can probably outscore the pages, but, you know, yeah. Kansas City, hello, in week four, Denver, uh, okay, in week five, and then Philadelphia in week six. Like, good they're, Lord. They need Whoa. their defense to be good, or they need their receivers to, you know, shoot a, a bit, a bit, a, a shoot above their weight, play above their weight uh, to win some of these potential shootouts. You know, it's crazy. Those uh, first six games, you didn't mention Miami, which means in the back half of their schedule, they've got to see Miami twice. Oh, man. Yep, week 12 and week 15. Come on. Oh, boy. Let's go. It could be a little trouble here uh, for the New York Jets, which, by the way, would be no surprise. I mean, it's that's very much the Jets MO, right? Like the, the historically, oh. that's such a Jets move is to get all hyped up in the preseason and then just run into a brick wall once the season starts. I don't know, man. I From a fantasy perspective, I really wanted to love Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it seems like he's got a super huge chip on his shoulder. He has something to prove. Uh, it, all of a sudden, he's super engaged. Uh, it, it's it's the most, I don't know, man. It's the most locked in It's it seems like he's been in years, right? And that guy, that guy, when he's locked in, is a scary sight. It's mm-hmm. just, can he overcome what is now, in my opinion, a, not a very good wide receiver group? And again, as you mentioned, those O-line depth chart issues um, as well. I, I don't know. This goes back to, instead of signing Dalvin Cook, could they have pieced together restructured someone and just pieced together a more aggressive offer sheet for new Hopkins. Can you imagine new Hopkins on this team? That would be special. And that's where, man, I, I don't know how many times we hammer this home, Matt, but it's like, you got to just, you got to be special in one area. If you want to be a special team in the NFL, you know, I mean, look what the Bengals did. You know, they've got two great wide receivers, and then they got a great trigger man in Joe uh, Joe Burrow as well. That passing attack is so scary. People have to literally just adjust their entire game plan to deal with that, right? 
And, and that's what we've seen over and over again in the NFL. These teams with real strengths, those are the teams that are problems in the NFL. I don't know if the Jets have a real strength now, uh, now that their wide receiver depth has just basically been gutted. Yeah, it, they'll have to hope that Brees Hall and this version of Dalvin Cook are, are like a special running back duo, which, you know, there's yeah. a lot of potential pitfalls there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, uh, we move on. Let's talk about Terry McLaurin. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport uh, saying that McLaurin uh, had an MRI and revealed no significant injury to McLaurin's toe and that there's, quote, optimism he could play in week one. Matt, I'm going to be 100% real with you here. A toe injury at this point in the preseason scares me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Uh yeah, for sure. Uh, I hated this when it happened live, you know, on, on Monday, right? As, as mm -hmm. the Washington offense was kind of looking good against, you know, preseason. Who gives a shit about yeah, preseason? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, whatever. I, you know, I get it. You know, you want Sam Howe to get some reps with these boys. But, geez, you leave Terry McLaurin so long in, in that preseason game. You leave him in there to like almost the half. And, and you know, this this happens. That can certainly yeah. uh, that can certainly be how it goes, right? Um, mm-hmm. Edwin Porras, who's a great doctor from Fantasy Points, a physical therapist uh, for, for minor league baseball teams, he noted on Twitter that x-rays rule out gross fractures and dislocations. The MRI show uh, finer details like swelling, ligament, muscle, tendon damage. It would make sense that the x-ray showed nothing crazy in the MRI confirmed today. Nothing crazy. So he's not too concerned about Terry McLaurin as of today. So that made me feel pretty good to see that from Edwin, who's one of my favorite sure. kind of injury guys. Um, but I agree. You don't – you know. Scott Pienowski works in the Yahoo always does a great job of saying this. Like you don't want to go, you don't want to like go into the season with an injury. Like for, for guys you're, you're banking on here. Injuries will find you throughout the course of a season. Like, so now <laughs> right. McLaurin is one of these guys. Right. Um, right. And, and look, I love Terry. You know that uh, it does, it does make me more bullish on Jahan Dotson who um, has to is one of, is absolutely one of my, you know, reception perception flag plants heading into his second season. Uh, you know, I've mentioned this on the show before, but like, outkicked even my bullish expectations for him as a year one player right I thought he was gonna be like a vertical slot like Doug Baldwin he mm -hmm. was an outside guy with an 87th percentile success rate versus press wins all across the route tree I think Dotson's in for a big season um and you know you just hope that McLaurin by like week three is back to 100 percent and because this man this receiver core is so good like the opposite of what we were talking about with the Jets, where right. I think they have a true one in Terry. I think they have a guy yep. who, you know, Jahan Dotson could have like that Devontae Smith second season where everybody sort of kind of forgets about him, but he reminds everyone why he's a great player. Uh, obviously, we'll see if for Sam Howell could be as good as Jalen Hurts. Probably not. Uh, but, you know, and Curtis Samuel, I, I still right. think Curtis Samuel's a great player, like a really, really good number three receiver and, and probably like a guy who could masquerade as a two. So I think the receiver core is ready to rock. This Terry injury is just really unfortunate. Uh, they've got a good pass catching running back in Antonio Gibson, a, a converted wide receiver. Uh, you know, what will they get from Logan Thomas at the tight end position? I don't know, uh, but certainly he gives you at least length there uh, and, and pretty decent hands, too. Um, and, and Sam Howell is su such an interesting player. I I'm just confused. I don't know why 
Washington waited until the last week of the season to show us Sam Howell, right? Like yeah, it's weird. Sam Howell in that last week, I'm like, wait a second now. Wait a second now. This guy's got some juice. This guy's got a little pop in his arm. This guy's got a little gamesmanship going, you know? Like, I kind of like his competitive fire and spirit, man. Then you throw that in with the, this intensity that everyone's talking about with Eric Bieniemy. I, I think those two things probably go well together, right? So, um, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued by this whole Sam Howell experiment in Washington, seeing, seeing how it turns out. Again, with Eric Bieniemy there, too. I think could be a really interesting thing. Uh, but the the wide receiver's good. Man, for Terry McLaurin, Matt, I just they're talking about him maybe being ready for week one. Um, honestly, take your time. You know, we've seen yeah. these toe toe injuries linger and, and explosiveness is how often have we seen with guys with toe injuries where they're playing through it, but they're just not themselves. You know what I yep. mean? They're just not the guy that we're expecting, and they just and they just carry this injury with them all throughout the season. So each and every week they're getting treatment on it. Each and every week they're expected to play. And each and every week they're just, they just don't have that explosiveness uh, that we have come to see. That's what I'm worried about uh, with Terry McLaurin, man. I'm hoping that I'm wrong and I'm hoping that uh, the toe is a non-issue and that he's just the same old F1 uh, when week one rolls around. But again, it, it's a scary injury, dude. Yeah, it's a scary injury. I, I hope he's just ready. Just, man, come on. Like, if Sam Howell's good, Terry McLaurin is really ready uh, really ready to rock. You know, I, I think this yeah. whole team yeah, yeah, is yeah. set up uh, to be very good. So I, I'm with you, man. I, I He should definitely take his time. I think he should take his time. Uh, JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, Ian Rappaport reporting there that GSN, JSN has a wrist injury and is a, quote, long shot for week one against the Rams. I've seen in a few different spots that maybe JSN – uh, could miss up to four weeks here with that wrist injury. And that would be a huge bummer too, because again, you talk about a guy, perfect guy, perfect role playing in a system that, you know, should utilize his talents pretty well early on from the, from the word jump, man. Um, that's JSN in Seattle right now. You've got those two outside guys in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. JSN slides in into that slot, gives them that slot production that they've been missing for these past few seasons, man. And Geno Smith, who Derek Klassen did a great write-up on, says he's the real deal. This dude's the real deal. Well, was an extremely, arguably the most accurate passer in the NFL in 2022. Um, so this injury for JSN, I, that that's a bummer for me. But again, it's not like it's not like that derails what Seattle's going to do. But boy, uh, the ceiling certainly is lowered when JSN uh, is not on the field for for Seattle. Yeah, no, I I think it's a bummer. Uh, I mean, you never want to see a guy start off his rookie year with an injury. I mean, luckily for Seattle, they have the guys to withstand this. Right? They have right. two uh, star receivers in DK Metcalf and Tyrell Lockett. I mean, yeah, I just the whole thesis with the Seahawks this year is they're this team transitioning to 11 personnel, and now they have like the perfect slot guy in Jackson Smith and Jigba to do that. It's a bummer to see him start this year off with an injury. Um, you know, I, the Seahawks schedule, obviously they get the week one game uh, against – the LA Rams, they can, they can probably beat the, uh, they could probably beat the, 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 the Rams without, uh, Jackson Smith, the Jigba. They might not need yeah, you him, would hope but so. I mean, shoot. Yeah. You'd hope so. They get Detroit in week two. Uh, I think they can beat the lions. Uh, they can have that type of game, you know, uh, 
where where they score a ton. Of, the last year that game was like a fireworks show, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Between the Seahawks and the Lions, we could get potentially another one of those. Uh, <laughs> Two they get bad defenses just giving up points everywhere. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if either of these defenses, Seattle uh, or Detroit, is better this year. Uh, yeah. And then Carolina, Carolina in Week Three. So uh, I mean, that's a pretty decent schedule for them to get started here and then they work JS they, they have a week five bye you know and then the schedule gets a little tougher a little bit tougher right uh Cincinnati Arizona Cleveland Baltimore Washington and then the Rams again in week 11 so um I think you know hopefully JSN is coming out of the bye like even if he gets a couple of games in before then but he comes out of the bye like really ready to rock yeah, you know, it's interesting too. JSN's profile, uh, I, I'm, I'm talking about him sliding into the slot. Really, he can play outside a little bit too. You know, if yep. you, you want to get him off the line a little bit, that'd be great. Um, and it would allow Tyler Lockett, again, we're going to see Tyler Lockett move around anyways. That's fine. Um, last year, he played, you know, uh, over 35% of his snaps lined up inside as an inside wide receiver, uh, just a little over uh, about 65% lined up out wide, right? So uh, w- they're going to move around Tyler Lockett, but boy, wouldn't that have been really interesting to see Jackson Smith and Jigba line up outside with Tyler Lockett lined up inside and vice versa, swapping them around. Uh, to me, it's like that's where that marriage looked really, really good because JSN can play a little bit outside as well. Yeah, like I love situations where if you have, you know, DK Metcalf as the ISO receiver over here, the X, and then you have mm-hmm. an inline tight end, whether it's Noah Fan or Will, Will Disley or whatever, and then on that other side of the field there, um, you ha- you know, you have someone in, you know, like a JSN off the line, you have Tyler Lockett off the line, and like you're moving one of those guys, or, you know, you have Lockett on the line, you have, mm-hmm. uh, you know... It, and then JSN start as the out wide off the ball receiver and then move him into the slot or vice versa. You have JSN on the line and then you take Lockett from the outside position and move him off the line into the slot. Um, those, those are the things where like they have t- so much matchup potential, especially in those like yeah. bunch sets and bunch formations. Oh, yeah. That's when they can really get creative and really fun there. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I, look, I don't think a wrist injury is it's it's over for JSN, but I mean, no, definitely no, no, look, no. again, looks like a long shot to miss the season. Yeah. And then again, I think maybe we're looking at him maybe around like after that week. Luckily, they have that early week five bye, you know, to get him back up to speed. Look, it looked like he was already off to a great start. Having rave reviews from camp mm-hmm. um, was looking great in the preseason. So hopefully they can just get him caught back up to speed in that week five bye. And then he's just, again, ready to go and ready to be a full-time player and, and a full part of this offense by week six when the Seahawks really need him. But yeah, again, luckily they have good running backs and two great receivers there to hold down the fort in the meantime. It could be a lot of fun uh, when the rookie gets ramped up and, and, and caught up. You know what I mean? When he starts getting into that game speed and, and again, the, the, the camp reports have been, you know, outstanding, but, um, but you know, rookie wide receivers generally need a little bit of build up time. Uh, you know, notwithstanding some of these great wide receivers we've seen just come out the jump and just, you know, put on shows, you know, but generally wide receivers need just a, just a touch of a, a ramp up time to get used to that speed. Uh, but boy, Seattle could be a lot of fun. Seattle could be a lot of fun. Cause I, I still, by the way, I still think their defense is, is a work in progress. I think their defense could yeah. be, you know, pretty bad. Uh, which means they, this team could be in some shootouts, boy. Um, so I think it could be a lot of fun, uh, especially in the back half of the year. Will Seattle be able to win enough? Are they going to be able to win enough, like, you know, 35, 32 games 
uh, to make they the postseason. We'll see. They could. They could. So I don't know. We'll see. I, and by the way, them winning that way would drive Pete Carroll absolutely insane. He he literally might retire if they, if they try to win yeah. the games that way. He can't do it. You know, it's like he's just not built to win these like 42, 35 games, man. Like, oh my goodness. Uh, I know that drives him insane. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 